Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Believe in Georgia Dodge Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. For a touchdown earlier in a direct snap. Now it's Michelle's turn running all the way. Gets to the edge. Sonny Michelle will send the Dodge home to the championship game. 53 and a half yard drive near hash. Kick right. Snap. Hold. Kick is away. It's reaching. And it is good. 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 Hot pot does it. All right. Hot pot. Wilcox with an up and out. Wide open. Touchdown. Israel Troop. All right, welcome in to the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network. Joining me is a very, very special guest. He is the president and CEO of the Peach Bowl. It's Gary Stoke. And Gary, how you doing, man? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Merry Christmas, Corey, to you and all your listeners. Absolutely. And and, and the same to you. Merry Christmas to you, your family, and the, and the entire Peach Bowl committee. So um, I'm glad you could make it. I'm glad you could join us here. It's a very, very huge event. It's part of the college football playoff, Georgia versus Ohio State. Couldn't think of a better matchup. So, like, talk to me a little bit about the matchup, what you feel about it, you know, how you feel about having Georgia in your backyard. The Peach Bowl is always a great event. And any event you guys put on with the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic and all that stuff, it's such a great event. Tell me about this matchup. Well, we're really excited to have Georgia back again for the – third time in Atlanta playing in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We started the season uh, with Georgia-Oregon, number one, mm-hmm. Georgia against number 12, Oregon. And we finished the season with number one, Georgia against number four, Ohio State. So it's great to have two big brands playing in primetime, New Year's Eve and playing in the CFP semifinal at the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. So really excited. Um we, uh, we were at Ohio State on Tuesday and then uh, Georgia on Wednesday with our press conferences. Yes, you can feel those. the energy of the both yes. schools uh, about this game. It's going to be a huge game, certainly. Absolutely. I, I think everybody's anticipating this. It's the uh, it's the New Year's Eve. It's it's going to lead right into the ball drop. So that's exciting, man. That's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped, you know, as you can tell from behind me. Uh, there's one team that I've been in particular rooting for. This is the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast, uh, nonetheless. So, uh, Gary, when it comes to the selection process, uh, when it comes to, when it's your your bowl's turn to be in the college football playoff, um, and then versus when it's not your turn to be in the college football playoff, how does the selection process work? Talk me through that. Yeah, it's really interesting. I've I've been in in the uh, in the room in Gaylord, uh, Texas, where the Gaylord Hotel in Dallas, Texas, where they actually, uh, CFP selection committee actually selects the teams and going through all the computer analysis and all the uh, information that they get. And it's really a great process. They ask the committee to put together their first three teams, input it in the computer, then the computer spits out one, two, three, 
then they go to the next three and the next three, et cetera, mm -hmm. until they get to 25. Oh, wow. Then the committee would look at all top 25 and say, okay, have we placed the right teams in the right place? And if you disagree, you have to make a case, just like an attorney does, oh. of why that team is not placed in the right place. And then someone has to agree with you. And if you get two people to agree, they will and you recast the, the top three, the next three, etc. So they're, um, you know, they're head to head, their conference schedule, how many top 25 teams they beat, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really a good process. Um, and obviously, I thought this was going to be the toughest uh, selection process in the nine years we've had the CFP. And Mm -hmm. winds up that it was the easiest so uh yeah i mean that's we're surprising just blessed. we're blessed to have number one against number four george mm -hmm. against ohio state absolutely and and you know from from the fans perspective from our perspective it looked like it was probably going to be one of the the toughest because you had tcu who unfortunately lost their conference championship so we didn't know what was going to happen with that and then the tough the the, the tough sell of you know, who's that fourth team now with Ohio State, with Tennessee, with Alabama in the mix? And then, you know, what do you do with TCU since they since they lost so late? So, like, it, it's surprising that, that's, that that selection process was easier than I think we're, we're, we all thought as fans. Yeah, if you think about it two weeks out, you know, you're looking at Clemson. If they beat South Carolina and they beat North Carolina in the ACC championship, they're mm -hmm. in a 12-1 uh, and one team with a conference championship and they're probably in. Yeah. And you USC know, the same USC, way. If USC beats uh, Utah, you know, they're going to make a great case. Mm -hmm. um, and if, if in those cases, if those two would have won and TCU loses to Kansas state, who knows TCU might've been out and Clemson and, uh, um, you know, USC yeah, I mean that's that's a definite possibility. Absolutely, man. That's it's exciting. And um what when you're when you're looking at the bowls, like when you're looking at your partner bowls, like how do how does how do you figure out who gets the number one team? Is it up to the team or is it up to the bowls? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh the CFP selection committee will only give one team any kind of consideration, and that's that they will place the number one team geographically at an advantage for that team and their fans. So obviously Georgia, you know, being number one makes the most sense to come to Atlanta rather than go mm -hmm. away to Phoenix. That's right. And that's how Georgia wind up in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. And then that, and then all the pieces fall after that. So you got Michigan and uh, TCU on the other side. So um, playoff expansion, we've talked about playoff expansion. Um, you know, obviously the, all, all the new year six bowls, would be a part of that. Um, what, what what does that mean for college football? I know that's on the horizon. What, what does that mean for college football? Is it a good thing, bad thing? Well, I think it's a great thing and it allows more participation by more teams and more student athletes, number one. Number two, for the fans, it allows those fans to have their teams still in October and November be a part of potentially getting into the playoff. Uh, right now, if you have two losses, no two lost team has ever made this CFP uh, final four. So, um, you know, a team with two losses in November could still possibly find its way into a 12 team playoff. So uh, I think that's a good thing. More promotion of the game. 
Uh, college football is the second most favorite sport in the country. Mm-hmm. So I think adding networks and ESPN does a great job, but they're probably going to add some more networks. To, they're probably uh, you know, going to add uh, more opportunities for people in stadium, uh, local uh, campus, uh, and then the quarters and semis. It's a win-win-win across the board for the, the fans, the teams, the players, the media. So it's all good. Yeah, it's uh, you can't beat it. I mean, you know, some of those debates that we were having with Tennessee, Alabama, Clemson, Clemson would still be in that. You know, Kansas State, Big Twelve champion would would now get a seat at it where they where they don't being at number ten. You know, you have a Utah team that that just demolished USC in the Pac twelve championship would be in it. So that that that's that's exciting right there. And, and and I think it's to me personally, I was one of the ones that was, you know. Every time they mentioned twelve team playoff, I was always hey gung ho about it. hey let's go let's go twelve team playoff. 12. I mean everybody else does it, so it, it can only work. It can only be better for for college football. Yeah, if you think about the NCAA Final Four basketball, there's sixty nine teams that get in, mm-hmm. and uh, in college it football works. with one hundred thirty teams, there was only four teams getting in. So, you know, this will allow more participation, more teams, and you know, I think more. Uh, uh, activity and more talk about college football throughout the season. It can only it can only be better for the sport as a whole, and um, and and it's a sport that's that's already thriving. So it can it can only get better. Uh, yeah, Gary- college football is the second most favorite sport in the country. So this will only endear it to more people uh, throughout the country. Certainly, absolutely. So uh, as, as I was reading your bio, um, I, I noticed that you were. Um, you were part of the leadership group that got the college football hall of fame moved to Atlanta. Um, I've been several times and, and I've, I've discovered something new every single time. I've always enjoyed myself there. Talk about that process. Well, like what happened with that? Like, how did you make that happen? That's a very, very cool thing. Well, thanks for that. I appreciate the compliment. We, uh, I went to South Bend in 2001 and walked through the, uh, College Football Hall of Fame as I was going up the induction ceremonies in South Bend. And uh, it was very antiquated. Uh, I walked through with Mel Moore, the old AD at Alabama, who's since passed away. And he said, you know, Gary, there's nothing with Bear Bryant in this Hall of Fame. And I said, well, how can that be? And um, I I said, you know, if this were in Atlanta, it'd be tremendous. They were doing about Mm -hmm approximately 60,000 people through there on an annual basis. And I said, we'd triple that in Atlanta. So I started the process of uh, talking to the NFF national football foundation, which owns the hall of fame. And um, come 2010, they were moving out. Well, I shouldn't say moving out. (laughs) Their contract ended with South Bend. Yeah. And so I said, well, we'll move it to Atlanta. You can't bid it out. You, mm-hmm. you know, if we sign the letter, we'll commit to getting it built. And so I became the CEO of Atlanta Hall Management. We started a new 501c3. Uh, I went to my board. We put the first $5 million in from Peach Ball Inc. And um, we got Chick-fil-A to match that. Oh yeah. And I got the governor, Sonny Purdue, to help us with a site on state property. And uh, he helped us in what was a the worst budget ever in the state in 2008-9, you know, remember when the, oh, yeah. uh, All the, the bank, big recessions, uh, yeah. Right, the bank recession. 
And so, um, you know, we started there and, you know, I was uh, part of signing the, I signed the 30 year license to move the hall in 2000 to Atlanta. We, we won in 2014 and it's been a, and it's been a great, uh, great asset to downtown Atlanta, great asset to college football. And, and absolutely, man. And I think where you hit a home run with designing that whole place. And, and it brought me back to my childhood because, you know, growing up in Atlanta, just right down the road in Fayetteville, I live in Nashville now, but uh, growing up right down the road in Fayetteville, when the Super Bowl came in 1994, I went to the NFL experience and they had all those like events that you do the, the, the punting event, like you run through the dummies and catch balls, you know, you get, you get your picture made and all that stuff. And that just brought me back, you know, going to the college football hall of fame, uh, and, and doing all those little event things, it, it you know, it, it brought that memory back. And that's one of my favorite parts. I mean, obviously the exhibits are, are, are the main event, but like getting to do all of those things is incredible. So like with the design process, like what was the, what was the thought of like designing the path that you go through some of the amenities that you have available for guests, you know, what was the, what was the process like that for, for planning how it was going to be laid out? Well, you've been there. And, and so, um, you know, I wanted to start the, uh, uh, the experience for the fan, like they were at a college football game. So mm -hmm. everybody that has a credential feels important and they get a chance to walk on the field. So I, I wanted a credential to be the, and then we went to 11 <clears throat> around the country from New York to New Orleans to D.C. to L.A. and to Canton, Ohio for the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Right. And um, about a mile away from the Pro Football Hall of Fame, there was a little children's museum that when we walked in, they had an RFID chip. They put on your wrist and mm -hmm. you interacted with each of the uh, exhibits. And I said, we need to put that RFID chip in the credential Mm -hmm. So that when you walked up to an exhibit, it would welcome you, number one, it would say your name. And then number two, it would have your logo of your team. And then I wanted everybody to experience all the the teams. Everybody loves to look at helmets and oh, yeah. that's, different that's designs. A, mm -hmm. So we made the exhibit wall of all the helmets. When you first walk in, you get your credential with the RFID chip. And then I wanted people to feel like they were walking through the tunnel like a player yeah and then onto the field and so that's why we have a little tunnel there where you can touch the rock of clemson oh wow uh, yes. all the traditions and then when you walk out you're on the field and you can kick a field goal you can catch a pass but you feel like you're part of the game mm -hmm. so that was the experience that we wanted to create and um you know i think we did a pretty good job of that and then obviously the phrase I used with the architects and designers was we had to build an edutainzium. It had to be educational, entertaining, and then a museum. If we build a museum, we fail because it had to be highly interactive because young people, that's what they like to do. And so that's why you have a mix of, you know, a film when you first start the process of mm -hmm. seeing, you know, and hearing from all the great players that played the game and, feel those chills. So uh, that's the kind of experiences that we wanted to create. And uh, I appreciate your compliments that uh, we rang the bell on that one.
Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and I figured there was some, some sort of reason, but like you, you felt, you know, you walked through that tunnel and just, you know, like that brings back memories of like playing uh, high school football and everything, you know, playing the game of trying to guess the helmets, you know, you know, and, and the, the interactive stuff was, was, was brilliant. And uh, the only thing I, the only thing I failed at was kicking the field goal. I couldn't make the field goal. I'm not, I'm not a kicker. So uh, that, that was, uh, that was the only thing I would, I would walk away with. Okay. Next time I go, I'm going to make this field goal. So that's, 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 that's my next goal. Next time I'm down in Atlanta, next time I'm at the college football hall of fame, that is it. So uh, Gary, I want to thank you for joining me here today. Um, I appreciate you. I uh, appreciate your patience. We had a little bit of technical yeah, no, difficulties at the start. So um, we are glad that the peach bowl is the home for for the Georgia Bulldogs this season for the college football playoff. You guys put on such a great event. It's uh, it's amazing. And, uh, you know, I know Georgia's played well in it. I know every game. I, I always watch the Peach Bowl. I always watch the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic. All of that stuff. It's always great matchups. Always, always good. Um, before we let you go, um, it's been, it, like I said, it's been an honor. Uh, I, I do want to know how you guys picked the college football uh, kickoff classic. To really kick off the season in the uh, first week of football with different data points. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all you control as an AD is those four, three games or four games, depending on what conference you're in, you know, ACC, SEC only play eight conference games. So you schedule four non-conference and Big 12, Pac-12 and Big 10 schedule nine conference. So you only have control of three games. So right. you got to make sure you schedule a tough comp- competition because the CFP demands that uh-huh. when they make their uh, – their selections. So, you know, this has been a big hit. You know, we wanted to create the BCS of college football on the front side of the season. Mm-hmm. We called it the Daytona 500 of college football. <laughs> yes. yes. That's what it is. It, it is. It absolutely is. And, and now you've got more than one game. So you got the, you got the uh, primetime Saturday game and then now you've got the Labor Day game as well. So that's, that's been a huge upgrade. Yeah. We work with the ACC who owns those rights for the primetime ESPN slot on Monday night. And we work with them when it makes sense to uh, have two games, one on Saturday and then one on that exclusive Monday night slot. Absolutely. And man, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been great for college football. It's been great for that Labor Day weekend. You know, you got wall to wall, you got, you even got the Friday night stuff and then you come, come in Saturday, you got great games all day Saturday. You had that primetime game on Sunday. And then of course, uh, round two of the Chick-fil-A kickoff, on Monday night. So it, it just, it just rounds out that weekend prior to the NFL where college football is the ultimate King where there's no other competition. So you guys, like I said, you guys keep nailing it, man. And, and it's, it's, it's great. Y'all, y'all keep killing it. Y'all, y'all you got to show everybody else how it's done. Well, we try. That's why a lot of media calls the capital of college football with the hall of fame here. And, you know, mm-hmm. being a part of the new year six and hosting the semis every three years, uh, having the Chick-fil-A kickoff game and, uh, you know, we'll be the first ones to host the, uh, the CFP for the second time mm-hmm. in 2025 when we host the national championship. So we're going to keep working to make Atlanta the capital of college football. And thanks to all of your support, support of fans, support of corporate corporations and mm-hmm. um, our great volunteer staff and board. Absolutely. Well, 
Uh, I'm going to go enjoy a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Uh, I'm going to enjoy some Chick-fil-A while I watch this game. So uh, to, to give a shout out to your sponsors, but Gary, uh, I, I thank you for coming on, man. I, I appreciate it. And uh, you know, like I said, keep, keep doing what you're doing. Keep killing it. Keep being, uh, keep ruling college football. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll try to get Georgia in that national championship in 2025. There you go. Thanks, Corey. Good to see you. Have a Merry Christmas and thanks for having me. Absolutely. You do the same. Merry Christmas. And uh, may the game be best game on the college football bowl slate. Thanks, Corey. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.